Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts, Keith and Vijay. Welcome to the Winning Combo Sales and Marketing Success Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Washoe in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, alongside my co-host, Vijay Damajaprapu from Silicon Valley. We have another special guest on our 22nd podcast, this time with a leading executive in North Carolina. It's Sean Patrick Tario. Sean is CEO of Open Spectrum Inc. He's an advisory board member for the North Carolina Board of Science, Technology, and Innovation and a member of the North Carolina District Export Council and InfraGuard. Sean has a deep understanding of data center infrastructure, cloud services, hardware, network, and software with a focus on business strategy development and building authentic communities and companies. And he loves working with entrepreneurs and startups. So Sean, welcome to the podcast. You're our first guest from the data industry and cloud sector. We're very thrilled to have you. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. I'm sitting here looking out at the ocean in Carolina Beach and stoked to be on the show with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you and uh, representing the coast, the East Coast Ocean View. Wonderful. Look forward to your advice today. And let's not forget our Winning Combo podcast show co-host in Silicon Valley, VJ. VJ, how's it going and how's it looking and how are you in California? Doing fantastic. Nice, bright, sunny day here. And Sean, welcome to the show. I think you are the first uh, podcast guest with a data center and cloud background. And for me, talking out of Silicon Valley, you know how big deal those terms are. So look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, for some context, I actually came out of Silicon Valley. I spent uh, from 98 until December 2016 living in the Bay Area. So very, very familiar with the world you're in now. So you're a veteran, so <laughs> exciting times. Yeah, so yep. Sean's another West Coast to the East Coast. So here we go. Let's begin. It's showtime. In today's 22nd Winning Combo podcast, we're going to feature three power segments. First, Sean will lead off with a top quote to help you gain wisdom quickly to apply to your work, especially related to, to you know, if you want to relate to this current pandemic and this challenge we're going through, perhaps this quote could be helpful to you right now with getting through that. Secondly, Sean will share a personal story so you can learn from his winning or a past mistake that you can utilize for your career to survive and thrive during this, this challenging time. And lastly, Sean will, sh- will close with one key best practice, whether it's a marketing or sales takeaway that you can implement to your personal and professional life for good results to come out on top. So Sean, does that sound all right for you? And you ready to begin? I'm ready to rock when you are. All right, we're very excited to go into the power quote segment. Sean, we're, we're looking forward to hearing about your quote and what it means to you. Yeah, so the quote, I have so many. I literally every day uh, write down a quote that speaks to me in a journal. Uh, so it was hard to pick one, but as it relates to the, the theme and the topic for this podcast, one that spoke volumes to me at a as a young sales sales executive was uh, you know I was struggling trying to get people to respond to emails and voicemails and uh, as a lot of hunters in the sales role um, uh, you know the issues that they face is just getting people to pick up the phone and answer and, and give them the time of day 
And eventually, I don't even remember how I came across it or who told it to me. But uh, the quote is that if you want someone to respond, be someone worthy of a response. And what I took that to mean is either providing content uh, and or just being someone that someone actually wants to talk to. So demonstrating that you have value and that you um, you know don't just have a product that you want to sell or a service that you want to sell, but that you are someone or have something of value that that person will want uh, to to engage with. And that, that was a very important quote for my career and actually was the impetus uh, very early on for me to start documenting all the knowledge in my industry that eventually became the book that I wrote about the industry. Wow. What book was that? Do you want to share that really quick? Sure. It's the Data Center Collocation Industry Playbook uh, that's up on Amazon and, and all over the place. So a couple thousand copies at this point. But that's that's the you know the knowledge about the industry, who the players are, the services sold, how it's evolved over time, how it will continue to evolve, sits on the desks of almost all of the sales reps, uh, sales engineers, and executives in the data center industry. Well, thank you for sharing that quote. I, I've been doing sales for 17 and I never really, that hasn't jumped out to me in terms of that quote on the front cover, but it is a front cover quote, which is if you want someone to respond, be worthy of a response. And I, what I really like about that is people's time's precious. So you have to be very respectful of people. And one way to be respectful is be worthy of a response in terms of pre-call planning. When you get on the call, be very clear. You know what you want to say, how you want to say it, and why you're adding value so you're not wasting anyone's time. And that's, that's examples of someone who's worthy of a response, someone who's done, put in the work up front and has something of value to offer. And they're not just cold calling John Doe. They're calling someone who they have studied, they know their pain points, and they have value to offer and, and, and a reason for calling that's legitimate. So thank you for that. In terms of my follow-up, can do you either have a personal example where you've use this quote that's made a difference in your success and or if that's too much of a challenging question what's another favorite quote you have so i'll, I'll give you a softball you can pick either one to answer yeah so keith you nailed exactly what the impetus of that that quote was which is doing your homework on the individual and the company that you're reaching out to which will demonstrate to that individual that it's not just a spam email that's being sent out that you have spent the time, you've done your homework, and you have a message that is very personalized, and people are going to be far more open to responding to a personal question uh, with personal value than just a blanket product or sales pitch. Yes, thank you for that. All right, well said, great opening quote. VJ, what say you? Any thoughts or questions for Sean based on this great power quote? Yeah, terrific. Quote, uh, and I can clearly see how you applied to your business and sales or even product side of things. Sean, it's, it's very clear that for a customer or a buyer or a prospect or even for your employees boils down to this one word, empathy, right? It all boils down to, okay, if you want someone to care about your products or services, First of all, make them aware that you care about what their needs are first, right? So rather than you seeking their attention, first give them the attention and invest your time and energy. So very, very timely reminder. And it's, it's a great piece of advice to anyone in marketing or, and sales, all about doing your homework around empathy. Do that investment of your time and energy in 
understanding your bias first. Yeah, I like that. Make them aware that you care. Yeah, like a little rhyme there. Well said, BJ. All right, Sean. So uh, anything else you'd like to add on that quote or do you like to move into this power two, which is the power story for step two of the podcast? What are your thoughts? Yeah, the, the only thing I would add to that as it relates to empathy is being authentic with the empathy. And it's it's almost just as it is with one-on-one interactions, you can tell when people are faking a smile or faking the empathy. Uh, a lot of people can f- pick that up on voicemails and pick that up on email exchanges as well. So making sure that you truly have authentic empathy. And that goes back to just sales. Um, sales 101 is being passionate about what it is that you do uh, is always something that will bleed through in the conversations you have with your customers. And so that empathy and passion that is authentic is what will bleed through and come through. Uh, and truly, in, in my experience, has made for the, the most successful uh, salespeople that I know are those who are both passionate and have true empathy with uh, the people that they work with. Yep, ab- absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about empathy, it's all about boils down to how authentic you are and how sincere you are in your pursuits and understanding. Otherwise, uh, it, it's very obvious uh, if you're faking it, empathy will not come through. So yeah, good clarification there. Yeah. And just to put a bow around that on the authenticity as being the cart before the horse to empathy is that an example is of a great leader is someone who, when they ask you, how is your day? They actually stop, look you in the eyes and take time to listen. Uh, how often we a fake empathy would be, how's your day? And you just keep walking or how are you? And you just kind of half hear the answer and keep moving. So yeah, it's really important. Thanks for bringing that up. The importance of yes, empathy, but how you need authenticity to really be the foundation of that empathy. So thank you for that. All right, let's shift gears into segment number two, which is the power story. This is an opportunity for Sean to share a story with you that he's learned in his life of something that really happened, whether it was success or a failure that he's learned from to pass on that message to you. So uh, Sean, what do you have for us today in terms of your story? Excited to hear it. Yeah, there's so many to choose from, kind of like with the quotes, but the, the one, I I think is the most important kind of ties into the conversation we're having so far and it's a lesson that I have learned and had to relearn over and over throughout my career uh, and I've been I've been selling since I was probably 12 13 years old trying to convince my neighbors to let me mow their lawns and shovel their driveways for money but uh, I'm close to 40 now so I've got a decent number of, of years under my belt. Uh, but that lesson learned in the story is really focusing on understanding and aligning with people and individuals that are um, on the same page and same frequency as your values and your vision. So values and vision being absolutely paramount. And the stories I have are in, in nearly every case that I have worked for a company or had a boss. Uh, that was not aligned in values. And by values, I mean, uh, for me, some key core values are transparency. So if I know that my boss is not telling me the truth uh, or the executive leadership in the company is not being transparent and honest with the employees about what's going on in the business, I check out. I, I It demonstrates to me that they don't value the relationship 
between uh, myself and the individual and or the, the employees and the executive team. Uh, and it it's not a environment that I really want to stick around and be around um, because I feel like they don't have my best interest in mind. And part of going back to that authenticity and in the relationships, both personally and professionally, is having that transparency is is key. So from a values perspective, transparency is key um, and having integrity. So saying what you do, doing what you say, uh, taking accountability and responsibility for your actions, acknowledging and admitting when you're wrong, uh, owning up to that. Those are all those all kind of tie in. Uh, together for me from a values perspective. And when I've had, uh, so in prior companies, I've, I've had bosses who would straight up tell me, hey, Terrio, you know, I'm just telling you what I need to tell you to get you to do what I need you to do right now. Uh, and that came about a conversation when I overheard my boss telling two other uh, sales executives, two totally different stories uh, about something that was going on in the company. And I sat him down and I said, you know, I don't understand why you would say this to me. You would say that to this other person and have a completely different story. You know, as I'm walking by your office, hearing you talk to these guys and he effectively told me that he, you know, his role was to be the chameleon and to motivate people through telling them what they needed to hear. And for me, that doesn't go over too well. Um, and I've found that throughout my career, when I'm confronted with individuals who I'm trying to work with on a, either from a senior to junior level or even on a par level, uh, for that matter, anyone I work with, even people who uh, are working for me, if they're not aligned with values, I end up having issues down the road uh, because it, there's a lack of trust. Uh, there's a lack of transparency and all of that long term does not add up to, to quality business together. Um, and then from a vision perspective, it's you know really asking questions, where do you want to be as an individual and or a company three, five, seven years down the road? Because if you're not thinking through that ahead of time and sitting down and being transparent and authentic about that with the people in the company you're working for, you're going to have misaligned objectives and misaligned um, uh, modus operandi as, as to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So... Those are, you know, I have many different examples of how that has played out over the years, but those are, you know, the lessons learned from that playing out over and over and over and over and over again. Our vision and values are absolutely paramount. And now in my business dealings, whether I'm talking to and working with investors, uh, new clients, uh, providers that, that I do business with, I'm 100% looking for alignment and vision and values because I know without it, all I'm doing is putting hurdles and roadblocks uh, and creating struggles down the road that I ideally do not want to have in my life anymore. Thank you for sharing that personal story, Sean, around what you've learned over the many years and how important vision and values and the alignment are. The two V's, we're learning, uh, we have a lot of little acronyms. Now we got the two V's, vision and values and the importance of the alignment there. So I guess the the question that a lot of people struggle with, and I'm curious what your answer is, and I know you've experienced this recently, is that when you have to turn down business or turn down money or turn down a client, a paying client, because you're not sure that your vision and values are aligned versus like, hey, it's it's a business opportunity. There's some revenue here. Let's take it. Maybe you can expound upon that. Uh, any observations or thoughts on that on that point? Yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, but I can tell you that every time that I have deviated from trusting my gut 
in aligning with vision and values and taking a deal or taking a client because I need the money, it has ended up costing me more money down the road and or taking so much time to get something delivered uh, or just the reputation from working with a specific uh, customer uh, that was just a pain in the butt to work with that many in the industry knew, uh, you know, lacked integrity and lacked values. Um, that hit has never been worth it. And so, you know, for me as a man of faith and, uh, and, and spirituality, I fundamentally believe that all things happen for a reason. And that if I'm walking the path that I'm supposed to be walking, uh, on a daily basis and I'm tapping into the flow and top tapping into, you know, I'm one with the force and the forces with me and getting into that flow state during the day, a short term win where I have to, um, uh, where I have to give up those vision and values uh, and keep those front and foremost in my mind and in my actions um, is not worth it down the road. And that something else will always pop up and present itself uh, to get me to where I need to be. And it's a struggle. I totally you know, feel you with, with that, Keith, and with every sales rep out there. You have a quarterly number, a monthly number, an annual quota. You've got quotas, and sometimes you feel like you have to succumb and do business with someone just because you need to get the deal done in order to hit your number. Uh, but what happens is that becomes a very slippery slope because then you're starting to bring that energy into your life, which only attracts more of that type of energy. And so if you can lay back and you can really focus on understanding your own vision and your own values, and then attacking and going after those individuals that are aligned there, it's worth it in the long run, and it will start becoming its own snowball effect. So there's there's actually danger in taking that short-term, um, there's a word I'm looking for that I can't think of, but um, taking that short-term win that may not be in alignment with your core ethos. Settling, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> in settling for a deal or an opportunity or a client uh, that you know is really you know, if your gut is telling you this is probably not going to play out the way I need it to play out in the long run. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. It's like, Hey, short-term gain, but for long-term pain. So to avoid that. Yeah. Thank you so much. BJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for Sean? Yeah. Two thoughts, uh, Sean, as you are telling your story and the takeaways, uh, life lessons, right? So one thought, uh, and the framework that came to my mind, uh, I don't know if you came across this, Sean, is the V2 mom framework or the program that Mark Benioff has coined and he's pushing it in Salesforce for all of his employees, right? So V2, M-O-M, stands for vision, values, methods, obstacles, and measurements. And I believe Salesforce uses this framework to essentially ensure alignment all the way from the top to the bottommost employee on how the vision and the values and the objectives are aligned and that's how they do their performance reviews. I don't know if they still do that, but that's what Mark Benioff coined when he started Salesforce. So was reminded of this and I thought I'll share this uh, piece of uh, insight to our listeners around uh, vision and values. Now to the second point, you mentioned something very critical. I think the word actually, or the sentence that caught my attention, Sean, was when you mentioned about the fact that uh, you observe and you're a man of uh, ensuring that you always in a, want to be in that flow state. 
So I'm sure all of us can relate to this where, yes, ideally you want to operate in a flow state 24 by 7, but when there are instances where the flow is disturbed, so for example, you're looking forward to a deal uh, closing or you're looking forward to working with a potential buyer, but then in the last conversation, something shows up as a red flag that doesn't align with your values or integrity. Right. So how do you deal with those kinds of situations then, Sean? That's a great question. And what I found is calling it out and being extremely transparent about it, uh, going back to, to what we we're talking about before, is when you can put that type of uh, behavior and or activity, actions, whatever it may be on the table and have a hard conversation up front, it will save any kind of assumptions or innuendo uh, that may be passing back and forth from becoming a problem down the road. And you just have to have the conversation. And it's it's the hard conversations that people avoid when they are the ones that need to be had the most. So when you see something like that come across, you try to head it off as quickly as possible. And don't let it slide. Don't try to ignore it and hope that it won't become a problem down the road because the vast majority of the time, it will become a problem down the road. So I identify it. Uh, I ask very, you know, specifically if we can address something that is uh, important that needs to be addressed to get their buy-in and let them, you know, flag them that there's going to be a hard conversation that we have to have. And then you just address it, let them know how uh, their behavior, actions, reactions are affecting you and how you think that may be an issue. And then you work through it and see if you can work through it. And more often than not, when you can be that authentic and straightforward and address it, uh, people will respect it. And you can move forward with it. Uh, but if you come across that the, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to work through is unresolvable, then at least you know that it's unresolvable and it's not, you know, you head off the problem uh, from having occurring down the road when you can have it right up front. Yep. Spot on. I, I love the way you, that you think and how you resolve this, right? It all boils down to having that hard conversations. And many a times, this is where many people fail, right? So they choose the easy path of not having the hard conversations. And that's where subsequently they have to uh, essentially compromise on their values and downstream they're compromising on their growth path. But uh, yeah, hats off to you on how you're leading your company and how you're growing a business. So great insight over there, Sean. All right. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Vijay. Moving on to the third part of our podcast. This is the closing takeaway or the best practice that you could look to apply to your life. Uh, some golden advice on things to do. Sean, do you have a best practice you'd like to share that has helped you in your life that would be helpful for our listeners? Yeah, most definitely. And Keith, you and I know this because we've, we've talked about it numerous times before over lunch, but journaling is absolutely paramount. And I have two or three different journals that I keep. One is just a, a general work journal. Uh, and then another one is one that I keep next to my bed where I do uh, a, a thorough review of the day, write down different things that I was grateful for and thankful for that occurred during the day. And then I also speak to, in that journal, think what I call reconciliation. So it's me looking back on my day and thinking through the different things that occurred and also documenting and writing down where I could have said something differently. I could have reacted differently. I could have, um, you know, just done, been a better version of myself than I was in that moment. 
And by having that record, that journal, and at this point I'm almost 40 and I have them that go back to when I was 19, it's absolutely amazing to me watching my personal growth over time and professional and spiritual growth over time. And it has been life-changing, absolutely life-changing for me and literally every single person I know who takes journaling seriously uh, and spends that time to do the self-work and and write these things down as to what's going on in their life, how they feel about them, what they're grateful for, thankful for. Uh, and then also being taking accountability for your own actions and reactions and knowing that, you know, you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes and watching those trends over time is also key is when you have it all documented, you can see the trends over time. So I'll know over the course of a month, if I had some stressful things occurring in my life that I probably would be more susceptible um, to making poor decisions because the stress and anxiety um, is what builds up and it forces me then to be more vigilant in how I'm acting and reacting all throughout the day. So I may add more circumstance or more situations where I will spend time to meditate um, or do some breathing exercises, knowing that it's going to be a stressful situation in my life. But I can't do that. And I wouldn't know that unless I saw the patterns in my own behavior uh, through the historical uh, journaling that I've done. Thank you for sharing that best practice about writing and journaling. Uh, that's very, very special. And it reminds you of that quote that leaders are readers. And you can, you can say that people who are really good characters, people with good ethics, people who are, you could tell are in continuous improvement, they're journals, they're journal writers. And so thank you for sharing that. And um, it's amazing because we have this podcast about marketing and sales and how to be successful. But at the end of the day, it's really about being successful in anything you do in life. And that comes down to you being a good person, a person of value, and someone, a person that someone can trust. And uh, so thank you for sharing how journaling has helped you there. Um, before we move on and VJ go to him with a question, is there anything on journaling, Sean, that you've done uh, maybe recently that's it, through this pandemic that's, that's become a new insight or revelation to you that's been helpful? Is there any, any one thing you want to share? Um, nothing that's specific to this pandemic, but I can tell you that if it wasn't for that journaling, uh, I would be a lot more freaked out about what the heck is going on in the world right now. Um, because I can look back at, at my history and look through other times in my life uh, where things around me have been um, not normal, right? <laughs> We're in unprecedented times. Um, and whether it was, you know, us being at war, you know, years in the past during the Gulf War or, you know, 9-11 and the Twin Towers falling, um, you know, whatever, whatever those situations were in that moment, all hell was breaking loose. The sky was falling. No one knew around them what was going to happen the next day, the next week, the next month. Uh, and yet here we are. We're still alive. We're still um, making things happen. We're still having conversations, you know, in, in my industry on the data center, cloud hosting network security space, you know, our industry is booming. A lot of these companies have, are having some of the best quarters they've ever had. Um, but going back to answer your question, that journaling has given me the perspective to realize that what has, what is occurring now will pass uh, and we will move forward and likely be a far better uh, species as a result. 
Thanks for sharing that best practice around the importance of journaling. I love it. Vijay, what say you? Any questions or thoughts for Sean on, the, on his best practice? Yeah. So, Sean, you actually picked up a very important takeaway that's very near and dear to me. And if you also listen to Sevdafa guests, they have consist- consistently said about the importance of journaling and how that's helped them grow in their career, right? Because if you talk about journaling, Yes, I mean, there are different categories or patterns of journaling, starting off with the morning journal, how you start your day. You can also journal about how you feel during the day when your flow is disturbed. And as you wrap up the day towards the night, you can reflect on how your day has been, what you're grateful for, and the wins and memories. So one key takeaway, by the way, I'm a big journal uh, practitioner as well. And one key takeaway that uh, aligns with what you mentioned, Sean, is no emotion is final, right? If you actually state your emotional state uh, and journal that, and if you look back and journal that emotional state of yours, maybe an hour or so later, it's changed. It'll change from, hey, anxiety or panic or fear to, wow, this is a beautiful world, a beautiful moment, right? So that's key. And as you journal that thought and that affirmation will be ingrained more and more in your mind. And that helps you perform and help others better during the day. So great takeaway and appreciate your insight there. All right. Well, thank you, Sean, for sharing that wisdom around those three segments, the power quote, the personal story, and now the closing best practice. We now would like to share with the listeners our concluding summary of the show to help recap some key points worth learning and applying today. So BJ will lead off and I'll share any additional color if needed, and then Sean will give you the final word. So, BJ, do you want to go ahead and close our sec- 20-second podcast with a summary of some key takeaways? Yep. The top three takeaways for the 20-second episode is, number one, if you want someone to respond, be someone worthy of a response. Second takeaway is always think about your vision and values and never step away from having that hard conversation. And the third takeaway for our listeners is if you're not journaling, please, please, please do focus and start the start that habit. And if you are, kudos to you. So continue to do that. Yeah. And so I'll just add uh, what I really appreciated from Sean today that I hope you listeners think about is the importance of vision and values, the 2V, but having alignment there. And sometimes it's okay to pass on a client if you don't feel like your vision or values are aligned because it will end up costing you more in the long run. So think about that. I also appreciated Sean sharing about the importance of having the hard conversations up front. If you notice something is off, don't ignore it. It's better to address it. And like they say, it's better to nip it at the bud. And so I really appreciate that, Sean, you sharing that. And of course, the importance of journaling because it's all about self-reflection. And I liked how you used the word reconciliation, which is about what did I do wrong or not as good? How could I do it better to be the best version of myself? So to be honest and do self-assessment is wonderful. So thanks for sharing all these things, Sean. So we're going to give you the final word. Anything else you'd like to share and close the podcast with to give some good advice to our listeners? I think we nailed you know, the, the three things that we discussed alone today are enough to keep someone busy for a lifetime. And they're, I guess the, the last thing I'll say is that they're always a work in progress. You know, I'm, I'm constantly having to remind myself when I'm reaching out and talking to people and starting new relationships that I need to do my homework uh, and that I have to make sure that I'm 
respecting and being respectful of their time and not just assuming that they'll know who I am uh, and want to even listen to me in the first place. Uh, so it's a work in progress, even with journaling, uh, things come in ebbs and flows. You may have a couple weeks where you're in it and you're just journaling pages a day and you may have a couple weeks where you just don't even feel like doing it. Um, but you know, you may only have a sentence or two that you're willing to put down. Um, and then as it relates to vision and values, you know, that's another thing they, your vision and values will change over time. They're constantly evolving and they, they have for me, uh, but having, you know, starting with the end in mind, even if that end is only a two year, uh, vision that you have for, for what you're trying to accomplish is totally okay and totally fine. Uh, so just knowing that with all these different things that they ebb and flow, they can evolve over time and just be open uh, to reassessing and reevaluating all of these things over time. Well, thank you, Sean. Beautiful summary. Appreciate you being part of the Winning Combo podcast. It's an honor and joy to have you here. Really thankful for your advice that you shared with our listeners. Uh, where, where can someone learn more about you and your company, Sean? Yeah, the best place to learn more about the business is through the website, which is www.openspectruminc.com. And I have a lot of uh, content on myself and uh, what I do all available on my LinkedIn page, which you can find me just by searching Sean Patrick Terrio. I like, like you guys have done a pretty decent job of getting my name out there and, and evangelizing. So if you just search Google me, you'll also find a ton of other related content on the book and, and whatnot as well. All right, Sean Patrick Terrio. There you have it. Thanks for joining and thank you all for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo. We hope you enjoyed it and it's helpful to you and your sales and marketing career. Yep. Uh, thank you once again, Sean. I completely enjoyed the conversation, the insights, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that as well. And for all you listeners, please stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn. Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, keep learning and keep winning. Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.